Welcome to Double Fries No Slaw. It is October 24th, the second to last Sunday in October. And for the third week in a row, actually this, I guess it's like the, no, it's the third week. Third week in a row, Florida State has not lost a game um, and actually won another game this weekend in blowout fashion. It's been a while since we were able to say that. TJ Pinger, Richie Barnes, how are you doing today, Richie? Good. And, and yeah, it is uh, four weeks now without a loss and a three-game win streak. So we'll be heading into this Clemson game uh, with uh, over a month between losses, which is, <laughs> I did not see that coming into the season. But, you know, it, it's been a weird season all over the country, not just with Florida State and what's going on in Clemson and elsewhere. But, you know, it's 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 exciting that we can, you know, celebrate a blowout win the way we're supposed to, the way you'd expect a, a game like UMass to go. And uh, now... We actually have to talk about, we won't get into it a whole lot today, but could we beat Clemson? Because that's a very real possibility. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll definitely touch on that a little bit today, and then obviously much, much more on Thursday. Um, Double Fries No Slaw brought to you by Guthrie's in Tallahassee. You can visit both their locations at 1818 West Tennessee Street and 2515 North Monroe. Uh, hopefully you guys that were in Tallahassee yesterday slid by and got you a gut box Double Fries No Slaw. Um, Florida State looked good yesterday. We'll talk about the game and kind of recap that, talk a little bit about some takeaways from the game. We'll also talk uh, a little bit about Clemson's loss to Pitt, Miami upsetting NC State, and then some other future opponents that Florida State plays down the road and kind of a season outlook. And then we'll touch into some other sports and some other things going on around uh, Florida State world. But we'll start, first of all, with – one of the more exciting games, you know, never really in question, never really in doubt, but one of the more exciting games that we've been able to see just Florida state go out and absolutely dominate a bad team, dominate a very bad opponent um, the way that, that you're supposed to, right. Um, you know, Jacksonville state would, would beat this UMass team by a lot, probably not by 56, but uh, would have been nice to see this a few uh about a little over a month ago when we played Jacksonville State, but Florida State continues to take another step forward and show some growth with a 59-3 to win against UMass, becoming the first team to, at least in the ACC, to start the season 0-4 and then win their next three games. And like Richie said, have a real chance, a real possibility uh, to move that to four wins in a row next week at Clemson, something that we all probably never thought possible before the season but uh, something that has a, a chance of happening now. Richie, immediate takeaway from the uh, from the game yesterday. Yeah, it, it's what you wanted to see, right? You know, I, I think if they'd come out sloppy and won the game, like, you know, 38 to 17 or something, we, we'd be on here a little disappointed. But it was good to see that, you know, Mike Norvell, he knows what the identity of this offense is now, right? We're going to run the ball. 45 rushes to 15 pass attempts and only 10 pass attempts with Jordan Travis in the game. They knew they wanted to run it. Jay Sean Corbin, again, doing what he does, uh, 127 yards, I believe it was, on 11 carries. Um, Lawrence Sofili got some action, looked good. Sean Ward uh, is Mr. Consistency over there. It, it's what we wanted to see, right? Because, it, it, again, if they'd come out and, and struggled and looked sloppy, and you know they, they could have won this game by you know 30 points and still not looked great doing it. 
but th- they did what they wanted to. I-, I was a little nervous on that opening kickoff when Travis J fumbles the ball. And I'm like, oh man, here we go. What are we getting ourselves into? But obviously uh, this was a game of response. You know, Jarvis Bramley drops a pick six early in the game only to come back and make the play later in the game. A, a lot of positives to take away. Yeah, our defense has played, and we've talked about this all year. They've played, I'd say our defense has been above average for, for a lot of the season. Um, defensive line, certainly. But the defense has been situationally really good at times. And your uh, special teams lets you down a, a couple of times. And um, you are immediately put into a bad situation where you're defending, you know, you're back, you know, up against the red zone. Um, UMass gets the ball in scoring range, in field goal range immediately. And then you force UMass backwards. They get negative two yards on their three and out, end up making the field goal to take the 3 0 lead. But then obviously, Florida State doesn't give up another point, uh, you know, as close to a, a shutout as a defense can pitch. I, I almost called it, TJ. I almost called almost. it. Almost. Uh, Travis Jay just wanted to prove you wrong. So from the first <laughs> play, he was like, nah, we can't. We can't let Richie be too right about this. But uh, <laughs> as close to, to a shutout as a defense can. Uh, pitch Florida State comes out and responds immediately with a 75 yard drive on six plays and like you said just kind of ran the ball at will uh, started that drive off with a 39 yard run by Travis and then 20 more 21 more yards to get the ball down inside of the red zone uh, nice little pass to Cameron McDonald on a third and 10 and then Travis ran it in uh, shortly thereafter Florida State's defense you know they were just absolutely shut down locked down insane the the very next drive um umass got 20 yards the next drive umass came out and got 22 yards the next drive umass came out and got 71 yards but again situationally good at you know at times um you know some mistakes still showing up kevin knowles with a roughing the passer penalty on a third down that umass didn't convert on um which is kind of a weak call but you know, he gave the referee a chance to to call the flag there by going arm to head of the quarterback. Um, but then a pass intercepted in the end zone ends that drive. And, you know, we, we obviously tweeted out the picture of Walt Bell looking pretty depressed. Um, Florida State's defense stepped up when it needed to. And then from there for the rest of the half, I mean, that, that 71-yard drive that ended in the uh, interception in the end zone, was a little frustrating because you just call, kind of saw UMass continue to drive, continue to drive, continue to drive, but then the defense made a play when it had to. Um, Florida State's offense scored on every possession uh, that it had. Yeah, there's the Walt Bell picture that we tweeted the other day or yesterday, which was pretty good. Um, thank you, Harlan. For those not watching, you should definitely go subscribe on YouTube <laughs> so you can see this stuff. But uh, – the offense scored on every single possession that it had in the first half. Went five for five, and then the defense ended the half. You talked about Brownlee with the um, with the interception. Not a lot of passing attempts. Like you said, only 10 in the first half. But uh, what about five scoring drives by the offense in the first half? I mean, talk about their efficiency. Yeah, and, and that's what you want to see against a team like UMass. You know, we talked on Thursday that I think we were both very dismissive of this UMass team, and for good reason. And that's what you want to do. And it would have been, uh, you know, a little concerning if they they couldn't get things going against a bad UMass team. Who, uh, again, they were I think the eighth worst team in the country when it comes to 
um, yards per rush given up uh, defensively. So you, you kind of had the blueprint and it just worked out perfectly. Um, you know, Jordan Travis, it, I, I love how smart he is running the ball now. You know, you talked about that big run on the first drive. What does he do? He, as soon as he realizes he's about to get tackled, he just gets out of bounds. And he did that the entire game. He, he's not taking unnecessary hits that we saw him take last year and even early this year, you know, that knocked him out of the Wake Forest game. So seeing Travis be smarter with the ball, just, you know, understanding you have the first down, you don't need to try and, you know, fight for an extra four yards if it means your health is a concern. And sure. I think that's going to be extremely important against Clemson because that's still a very elite defense that, that Clemson has, and they will hit you. And Travis has to be smart next week as well. But again, uh, just Mike Norvell, Kenny Dellingham, they knew the running game was, was the key here. And they said, we're going to do it. And again, 45 rushes to only 10 passing attempts when your starting quarterback was in the game. And it worked out perfectly. Yeah, I mean, Florida State established an identity. Also, it, what was cool is everybody got the love, right? Yeah. Um, not only did everybody score a touchdown, uh, DJ Williams got one, Trayshawn Ward, Lawrence told Philly, obviously Travis got a rushing touchdown, and Corbin as well. They all had really long rushes that they ripped off. Corbin's long was 29. Travis had the 39, the first play of the game. I'm sorry, the first offensive play of the game for us. Toa Philly had a long of 38. Ward and Williams both had longs of 23. Um you, we, we talked about this, and Florida State looked good, and Florida State beat a bad team uh, the way you're supposed to beat a bad team. But UMass is pathetically yeah, awful. Um, that first drive, when they got the ball, what, at our 26, 27, somewhere around there when, when Jay fumbled it, um, they ran the ball for a loss of two yards, and then they threw the ball the next two plays, and their throws were not even close. Like, one sailed way out of bounds, Um you know, no chance it for the wide receiver to make a play. And then the other, you know, not close either. And so um, they really didn't help themselves out too much. Brady Olson, their quarterback, went 12 for 27 uh, for 110 yards. That's an average of four yards uh, reception through two interceptions. His quarterback rating was 5.8. Um, you know, Florida State did what they had to do. But this this was, um, you know, the – I think – you know, there's a reason they were one in six and, and had, you know, pretty terrible record, pretty terrible in the S&P plus, like not a good team at all, but did what you need to do against a bad team and just beat the absolute mess out of them. We've talked about how bad Clemson has been this year and, you know, Clemson put it on South Carolina state 45 to three as well. And so as bad as you are, when you are just physically better at every position than your opponent, this is what you're supposed to do. And, and Florida state found has found an identity running the ball is running the ball next week going to be as easy as this? Absolutely not. We'll talk a ton about that Clemson game and ways to attack and things like that. But I thought that Florida state was able to stay pretty vanilla um, and just kind of run the ball and pound it ahead and just be better than their opponent and not put a ton on film for Clemson to see, um, which again, we'll, we'll talk more about that game on Thursday, but um Really, really impressive to see Florida State just kind of go out and do what they were supposed to do. It's been years, I think, since we've seen this. We we struggled with obviously Jacksonville State this year and last year. We struggled with ULM. Um, we struggled Stanford. with Stanford. Yeah. Um, and so to to just go out and beat the heck out of an opponent that you're supposed to beat um, felt felt pretty good. Okay, so second half, uh, Jordan Travis, I think, got one drive in the second half, and then saw him on the sideline with his ball cap on, and uh, he knew that he probably wasn't coming back in. Uh, Florida State's drive um, with Jordan Travis in the second half kind of stalled out thanks to a uh, out of bounds. Uh, I'm sorry, thanks to a pass interference penalty. 
we converted on a third and three to Helton, but uh, thanks to a pass interference penalty, backed us up on a third and 18. Travis did get 11 yards, but we didn't go for it on fourth and seven from our own 26. I probably probably would have gotten that, but didn't end up going for it. Um, so in comes Chubba Purdy. Um, Chubba Purdy looked pretty good yesterday. What are your thoughts around the way? I mean, we can get into like kind of his couple of drives, but he went five for five, had two touchdowns. We continued to run the ball a ton with him in, opened up that pass, set up that pass to be, you know, a little bit easier for him, but did what he needed to do, uh, a 12-yard pass to McDonald, and then a uh, later in the game he had a um, five-yard pass to Jordan Young. Um, the one to McDonald, man, what a play by McDonald. The, he probably should have been tackled at like the three or four, but then kind of broke a tackle and got into the end zone to give his uh, to give his quarterback his first touchdown of the season. Thoughts on the way that Chubba Purdy came in and played? Yeah, I was impressed because, you know, it's uh, obviously he did not have a great fall camp based on all reports. And, you know, with the extreme uncertainty of the quarterback position early on in the season and for him not even to get a look kind of told you he, he's pretty far behind. But it was good to see him get in there in, in a game like this. And, and this is what you're supposed to do at Florida State, right? When UMass comes to town, you, you want to get the future ready. I thought one of the coolest things I heard yesterday was Mike Norvell said he was actually planning to put McKenzie Milton out there. And Milton told Norvell, said, no, play the younger guys. You're going to they need the reps um, and, and just talk about the leadership of McKenzie Milton right there. I, I just think that was the coolest thing to hear. And he made the most of his opportunities. Right. Again, it's a bad team. UMass probably had backups in as well at this time. But again, to go five for five, I think his pass rating was like a ninety nine point three or something. Uh, just a phenomenal game for him. And it's nice when you have a running game to lean on for a young quarterback like that to where you really do run to open up the pass. And, you know, Purdy excelled. And, it, you know, it, it'll be interesting moving, uh, looking ahead to future years. Um, I'll tell you what, man, I think Jordan Travis is showing he could potentially be a, an actual quarterback for a 12-game season if he can stay healthy. Yeah, he's looked really, really good over the last few weeks. Um against some bad opponents and against some good opponents, you know, doing this against, um, you know, North Carolina, not the world beaters we maybe thought they would be, but doing it on the road in Chapel Hill, certainly nothing to scoff at. It definitely gets tougher as we go. Um, but, uh, you know, excited to kind of see what he does in that environment next week at three 30. Um, Florida state ends up getting the score up to 59 to three from there. The teams traded um, turnovers on downs, and then the game, actually UMass did it twice, um, not converting on fourth down a couple of times. Florida State doing a good job of keeping them out of the end zone late and preserving the almost shutout. Um, giving a final score of 59-3. to three. Um, Corbin, again, probably, I don't know, is, would you say, not that we, I don't want to say like that we doubted him at all, but has Corbin been like your surprise player of the year? He like just he the was, way like I just we just thought it would be such a running back by committee, and it has been. But like he has just such like every game, it's like is he going over a hundred? And we well, he over every week. He's found another gear this year that he, he did not have last year. Obviously, he had a pretty um serious hamstring injury at Texas A and M. Uh, you know, uh, and uh, he looks like the explosive back that you know when he was at Texas A and M. I think his first game he returned a kickoff for a touchdown against Arkansas, right? It, he looks to be that explosive again. And, uh, you know, we saw week one against Notre Dame when he busted off the massive run. 
I, I just think the entire backfield's been the biggest surprise because I thought they'd be, you know, serviceable. But with the offensive line, you're not sure. Obviously, Jordan Travis opens some things up because he's another runner you have to account for. But I, nobody thought that Jay Sean Corbett and Tra- Sean Ward would have an, a legitimate argument for the best one-two punch in college football this year. Yeah, and then you add in guys like Toa Philly and Williams that kind of get in and get to mix it up. Oh, and by the way, the guy that like kind of leads the way through all of it is Jordan Travis, who gives you another <laughs> option. And I mean, it's obviously Florida State has found its identity as a rushing team. Um, you know, that again, we keep alluding to it, but Thursday's episode will be a ton of fun. And we'll talk a ton about it with somebody from Clemson about uh, can Florida State run the ball on Clemson, who has a very stout defensive line. Um you know, that, uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit about in just a minute, that Pittsburgh game that they ended up losing yesterday. I mean, they got picked apart through the air. Kenny Pickett, who, you know, it's either him or Jermaine Johnson is the best two players in the ACC. But uh, that's who kind of picked them apart. And will it be the same um, us running the ball, right? Can Can we get the same kind of effectiveness not throwing it? And And that's certainly where Clemson's – Weakness has been this year. You think about the teams they've lost to have have passed the ball on them. And so um, we'll kind of see there. Um, all right. Do you have an offense and defensive player of the game? We'll go offense first. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's got to be Jay Sean Corbin, right? He's just, the again, only a Mr. Efficiency, 11 carries. I think it was 127 yards. Um, just a phenomenal performance by uh, by Corbin. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it was Corbin. I'll give the I'll give a split award here too, though. I'll go Jordan Travis. You know, he in running the offense, some of his pulls on his option plays were fantastic. Like he did a a great job with that option, deciding when to keep it, deciding when to let these running backs do their work. It's probably got to be Corbin, but Travis also threw in seventy eight yards, a touchdown. And then 120, you know, he had a, a 200 yard, a 200 plus yard day total in yeah. just a half of play, right? So he played the second half of the starters, probably goes 400 um, rushing and passing. So Jordan Travis, really good day as well. I, I'll give the slight nod to Corbin, but I thought Travis was really, really good yesterday. Um, again, against a bad team. Uh, quick shout out to, we, we talked about him a little bit. Again, not a great opponent. Nobody just absolutely lit it up yesterday. We spread the spread the wealth. Only Cam McDonald had more than two catches, but uh, Parchment with two catches, sixty-five yards. Um, yeah. Yesterday we had kind of talked about you know boomer but, or uh, hit or miss uh, from the transport portal. A couple of catches there for Parchment, maybe grow some confidence um, as we get into next week when I do think we will need him or somebody in that wide receiving core to step up. Um, defensive player of the game do you have anybody you really like here any thoughts around this one yeah i i I definitely want to shout out brownlee again to drop that interception that was almost a guaranteed pick six only to make up for it later but uh i'm gonna go dj lundy here he was second on the team with tackles uh, um with five um just showed great closing speed on that one sack and my goodness i would not want to be umass's quarterback with a man that large running at me and you could tell as soon as contact was made he he hit the ground uh but i thought lundy had a really good game you know, made all his fits and was where he needed to be. So he's a guy we've kind of been waiting on to take that next step. And again, we know the opponent, but still good to see from him. Yeah. I really like Jamie Robinson yesterday. Um, he had 
three tackles. He had a half of a tackle for a loss, so some good penetration there. And the interception that kept UMass – that was their best scoring chance of the day, yep. minus the field goal to start. The interception that kept them out of the end zone um, and preserved the almost shutout. I, I don't think it – you know, I don't think it would have made that big of a difference. But, you know, kind of lost in the blowout is that score was 3-17 to 17 when that happened. And if they score there, it's 17 to 10. I don't think it changes anything. It probably makes the final score 59 (laughs) to 10. But if it's 17 to 10 there and Florida State isn't able to go out and just immediately score again, they had been driving the ball. They went 20 yards and they went 22. Then they had driven at 71. And I just think that that shut the door on UMass having any legitimate chance in this game. Florida State goes out and their offense plays complimentary football. They go out and score a touchdown to make it 24 to three to really slam the door shut. But that, uh, that interception had it not been made and had UMass made it 17 to 10, that's how you let a bad team stick around and things get weird in the second half. You don't get to rest your starters as much as you want to. Um, Really, really big play there to to keep them off the board and, and keep it a two score game that Florida State scored a lot more after to take to make sure that it wasn't a two score game. So I'll give him the 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 hat tip there. I thought that was the most important play on defense, and he made it. So, um, okay, next up. So right after that, everybody complained about the day of football yesterday. I thought that you know when you get college football, you only get like fourteen Saturdays of college football in bowl season. There are no bad college football days, and yesterday proved to be one that like was really freaking fun. This weekend was a ton of fun. I don't know if you watched that Army weight game at all. I know it was on the same time as ours, but I may or may not have had the three TV set up going the other day. So quick, subtle flex if, if you're not – if you haven't seen it, go check out my uh, – so, so real quick, my how, timeline. Do you, how do you score 70 points in like 17 minutes of possession? Dude. Like Wake did. Absurd. 70 so I, to 56 <laughs> with that Wake Army game. There were some really good games on yesterday. Like people that complain about college football. Like I'll just never like go be go be friends with Dan Wilkins. So I, but, um, uh, one of my good friends, uh, he was actually in my wedding. He played an army, and I sent him a tweet today. It said eight hundred billion dollar defense budget, and this still happened. So the box yeah. score of the game, amazing. So I, I thought that was phenomenal. He he got a good laugh out of that. Um, but yeah, some really good games on Kansas. Nearly upset Oklahoma. Navy kept it really really close to Cincinnati. Got an onside kickback to. Uh, have a chance at the end. They lost by seven, the mm-hmm. nine overtime game with Illinois and Pitt. I'm sorry, Penn State, Iowa State, Oklahoma State was a great game. UCLA, Oregon was a great game. Um, obviously, so, the, so the, that, Miami, the Miami NC State game that we'll get to in a little bit, that was a fantastic game. Pittsburgh, Clemson was fun because we were watching Clemson lose. But, like, there were some great games on. That, so that, I, as much as we hate the Miami result, though, that was, like, the game of the day to me. Like, that game was so much fun to watch. Yeah, I, I did not watch a minute of it, and but oh. but going out to that nine overtime game, it, it kind of has to have an asterisk, right, with the new overtime rules where they hate basically it. just go in two point conversions. Hate but it, it was rules. still a lot of fun to watch. I, I hate that that's how we're deciding college football games now. Like, I'd almost rather it be a tie than it be a one off like that. But at the same time, and to go six overtimes and only have what was it, thirty eight total points? That how do, how do you or nine overtimes with thirty eight total points? Yeah, I, I hate the new rule. I, I don't really understand the point of it. And then, like, you're switching sides, and it takes longer yeah. to go down to the other. It's just so dumb. Um, 
Okay, so that Clemson game, Clemson took on Pitt and uh, got out to a, a good start. It was seven. Yeah. We'll talk a little about the Clemson game and the Miami game since it includes three of our next uh, five opponents. Um, but uh, Clemson falls to Pittsburgh 27-17. to And the second half, it really wasn't that close. But uh, Clemson gets out to a nice start, a 7 nothing lead, um, and then drops a touchdown, like a surefire touchdown. A guy wide open over the middle, uh, streaking down the sideline, drops or uh, down the middle of the field, drops a touchdown. They have to punt. Pitt comes right back to score to make it 7 to nothing. Um, Pitt scores again to make it 14 to 7 at the end of the half. And then on the very first drive of the next half, um, DJ throws an interception on a shovel pass that ends up making it 21 to 7. Pitt so would, bad. <laughs> would go, oh, it was horrible. Pitt would go on, uh, Pitt and Clemson would go on to trade field goals. It would be 24 to 10 um, with not a ton of time left. Clemson would eventually cut it to 27 17, and that would be as close as they would get. That's your final score. Um, this Clemson team is four and three. Um, could easily be three and four or two and five. That said, they could probably be like five and one. You know, they, they've lost a couple of close ones. Um, I'm sorry, five and two. Maybe like six and one outside shot, but now they 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 deserve to lose yesterday. But yeah, they could be a five and two team. They've you know you you go about fifty percent in your one score games. That's what we've done. That's what they've done. So um, Kenny Pickett with a fantastic day, twenty five of thirty nine, three hundred and two yards and two touchdowns. They ran the ball decently, one hundred and sixty two yards, uh, but they just ran it a lot. They had forty three yeah. attempts and one hundred and sixty two yards, just under four yards an attempt there. Um, so I just have to wonder how well our running game will stack up against it. If we only have 162 yards, I, I don't know that I see us winning this game on Saturday against Clemson. Again, we'll, we'll get more into their game. But I do think that where Pittsburgh was able to attack them was their secondary. And I don't know that we have the the throwing ability to do that. I mean, Kenny Pickett's obviously the best quarterback in the ACC right now, and it's really not even close. And I don't know exactly what the strategy will be there. I don't know that, you know, Mike Norvell is going to say that we're just going to line it up and just beat Clemson running the ball. This is obviously not UMass, but I do think that if our defense can kind of keep us in the game in the first half, that defense for Clemson gets worn down and that's when we can kind of strike. So I think that if we can kind of keep them in front of us, Richie mentioned this before we got into it, but Clemson has only scored what you said 19 is the most they've scored going into a in regulation in regulation yeah. versus an FBS team. Versus, yeah, they they obviously beat South Carolina State. And so Florida State's defense just can't can't give up 14 points in the first quarter to Clemson. No. They haven't done that yet this year. And so you can't do that. Harlan just threw up the matchup predictor, which is something else I was going to bring up as well. And I'll shut up and let Richie talk here in just a minute. But last night before ESPN had updated it, uh, the matchup predictor was 10.2% for Florida State. So they're giving us roughly, uh, I don't know, five more percent, four and a half percent, five percent more chance to, to win this. Um, we'll, we'll go with that first. I know I've just rambled on for a long, long time. You can leave that matchup thing up there for Harlan. I want to ask something else about it as well. But uh, Richie, thoughts on them saying we only have a 15% chance of winning this. Like, do you like that? Do you think so, that's accurate? So I, I 
really hate the FPI and I don't think a lot of the rankings make sense, but um, at the same time, I'm pretty sure, and I'd, I'd have to look into this, they take previous year's success and returning production and things like that into it. So this isn't just a snapshot of this year. This is the recruiting rankings and the success they've had. And we all know they've had far more success. We'd love for them to have the, the past, uh, you know, five, six years or so. But I, I think it's a game Florida State can win. But like you said, Jordan Travis is going to have to throw the ball if Florida State wants to win this game. And the defense j- just do not give up big plays because Clemson is showing they cannot sustain drives. But you talked about the drop touchdown yesterday against Pittsburgh. You cannot have broken coverages like that. Sure, it, You just have to f- play it. I, I, and I would love nothing more than this to be, you know, a, a game that lasts, you know, three hours to in the actual uh real time just because both teams are trying to run the ball give me a 17 13 type game at late in the fourth quarter and i'll be happy um but yeah i think Dabo wants to win this game very much especially after last year he did not have some kind things to say about coach novell in the way that game was canceled i think if he can he would run the score up just do not let it happen because Florida State has so much positive momentum. Again, we're going to go over 30 days without a loss. Don't go out and lose like 28 to 10 because that would just be demoralizing at that point. Um, no, you're you're absolutely right. And this is a game that Florida State really needs to figure out a way to win. Like this game would just be absolutely massive. Um, man, you know. To to start out 0 4 and then to be and then to be at one point four and four, right? Like yeah. I think if you beat Clemson, you pretty much believe that you can beat anyone left on the schedule. And, and I do think Florida's better than Clemson. Yeah. So, you know, that it's a different kind of matchup. But you beat Clemson and you get to four and four. I mean, we're talking about potentially going bowling. I, I think we're gonna beat BC. Like that's kind of my my game that I think we we end up winning. Um, I don't think that they're great. I don't know. Harlan texted us last night. I don't know what to take away from that Miami-NC State game. We'll talk about that one here in just a minute. I don't know if that makes me more confident that we'll beat NC State or less confident we beat Miami or that both of them are going to beat us or we're going to beat both. I don't know. Like The ACC is so weird, you know, where Pittsburgh, you know, Pittsburgh barely beat Tennessee, and here they go beating the heck out of Clemson, right? Like, it's just such a weird, you know, and Tennessee looked good against Alabama for like a half last night. So, you know, it's college football is so weird. Like everybody's kind of compared to that 2007 year for sure. Um, I have no idea what to think, but I do know that if we come out and play really, really well against Clemson, it'll, we'll be believers for the rest of the way. Uh, Florida state's offense. And I, like you can see the stats right there as Harlan still has them up on the screen. Um, well, wait, let's, before I get into that, Richie, what would your percentage be? Like if you're like, it's Sunday, you don't have to give a score prediction, but like this is saying yeah. 15% for FSU. What would yours be? I'd say 37%. 37. All right. So if the, essentially if the game happens three times, Florida state wins at once, yes. which I like that. Like that's yeah. a kind of how I, that's kind of how I break down like percentages and stuff like that. I'd probably be at 25. I'd give us a one of four. Um, Harlan's at 40. I like it. Harlan at 40. It's basically saying it's just shy of a coin flip. Um, I like it. I like that. It's a tough matchup. Um, if, if we were a, a pass happy offense that, that we couldn't run the ball, but we could throw it. Like I, I think Ole Miss would beat Clemson handily, right? Lane Kiffin against that pass defense, but our strength is running the ball. Clemson's defensive strength is up front. It, it's going to be tough. It, it's definitely an uphill battle uh, for Florida State, but you know that there's some chances if, if Mike can scheme open a, a couple of big plays, and uh, you know we're we, we have to be better on special teams though because we cannot keep 
having these mishaps every week on special teams. Um, yeah, there were two big special teams play, not only the fumble by Jay, but the big return that we gave up. Um, that fortunately Brownlee kind of saved us by getting the pick six on. Yeah. Um, a couple of bad plays there. All right. Clemson averages 20 points a game. <laughs> Florida State averages 31.3. And that's with the 45 up, points against South Carolina State. Points allowed. Clemson's only given up 14.6 points a game. So they their their defense is not bad. That's good. We're giving it's up really 26. Good. Um, and then obviously total yards, Florida state's, you know, much higher, but then we give up more yards too. So yeah. it's really going to be interesting <laughs> to see how that matchup works. We'll talk more about that Clemson game, um, later on in the week on Thursday, the other game that I think has some relevance because of who we play and who's coming up is that NC state Miami game that happened last night. And you said you didn't watch it. Um, but for a quick recap, Miami gets out to a really good start. I think they were up two scores early, if I remember correctly. I'll look real quick as we're talking. Uh, no, they were up. Yeah, they were. They were up 14-3. to three. NC State immediately answered and made it 14-10. to 10. Uh, NC State ended up taking the lead into the half. Uh, Miami scores to open the half to get back up 21-20. to 20. NC State did end up getting up. Uh, 27 to 24 at one point. Miami answered to make it 31 to 27. NC State got a field goal and then ended up turning the ball over on downs just outside of field goal range. Had they gotten that first down, uh, they would have been about 15 yards outside of field goal range with about three and a half minutes to go. Great chance to win there, but could not get it done. Miami wins 31 to 30. And what I'll say is, I, you know, I think we all kind of picked that Miami game and thought like, man, this is going to be a really good, a really good, we'll have a really good chance of winning this game. I don't think Miami, I mean, they're not good. They're three and four, just like us. I don't think Miami is as bad as we want them to be or, or think that they are. Um, they lost to Appalachian State, which is really, really bad on a, on a field goal that, that App State they beat, they beat hit. State. Yeah. Oh, they beat App State. I'm sorry. Yeah. They lost to UVA, if I can get yeah. my game straight. <laughs> they lost to UVA on a missed field goal. I thought their team played well enough to beat UVA. Kicker missed a field goal at the end of the day, right? Like, so, yes, they lost that game. A loss is a loss is a loss. But they could very easily be four and three. Then they lost to UNC 45 to 42 um, and had the ball on UNC's 16-yard line and threw a pick with, like, 10 seconds to go. Obviously, your chances of winning down – down a score are bad, but they very easily should have gone to overtime there if not for kicking a field goal um, or for not for throwing a pick. They probably make a pretty easy chip shot field goal, 20, 28 yards, uh, be 33 yards from the 16. So a couple of losses that they really shouldn't have. They obviously could have lost last night, but the Miami team that lost early in the year and looked really, really bad against Alabama – against Michigan state, they have fought and you know, you get, we get, we try to give Norvell credit for keeping his guys fighting after, you know, during and every game, this has not been the typical Miami team that just quits. You know, they lost to UVA by two. They lost to UNC by three played really hard in both of those games. Uh, they got down early in both of those games and fought back. And as much as we like to say that Miami just quits down the stretch, they haven't done that this year. And that's a credit to Manny Diaz. I know there's a lot of rumors and talk about his team, um, 
you know, give it a week, TJ. They, yeah. Give it a week, TJ. They're, they're heading to Pittsburgh next week. I mean, we'll see. But like I said, we gave Norvell credit for that. Like, that was the only thing that we could hang our hat on when we were 0-4 is like, hey, at least the guys aren't quitting. They tried to fight back against Louisville. Yeah. And Miami's team has done the same thing. Being a home dog with like 37 people in the stands last night against NC State, they end up getting the upset, pulling the upset, battling. Their young guys that they're playing look pretty good. Van Dyke, their quarterback, had four touchdown passes. I don't think Miami is the easy win that we had hoped it was. I will say the odds on that, the matchup predictor that was like 76% in their favor is now only 58 to 42 or 59 to 41. So ESPN saying that that game is going to be pretty close. I think it's a close game and goes down to the fourth quarter. Neither team is going to blow the other one out, but it's probably not the easy game we thought it was. Um, But they looked good against NC state last night. You know, we'll kind of see what they look like after going on the road and taking their loss against Pitt, how they look against Georgia Tech, which Georgia Tech's kind of another anomaly that nobody can kind of figure out. Uh, Georgia Tech, who did they play yesterday? They played, oh, I don't even know. But they're three and four as well. They look great one week and awful the next. They lost to UVA by eight, 48 to 40 yesterday. So anyway, that Miami one's definitely going to be interesting, as will the NC State one. I I thought NC State didn't look like world beaters either. And so – I think every game on the schedule, the Florida one's going to be the toughest. I think every other game on the schedule is very winnable. What's, and what's crazy is, uh, you know, I, I would have suggested that either one of us seek professional help if we had suggested this after four games. But that, again, a bowl game is on the table. I still think it's less likely than likely that you go to a bowl game. But again, you know, this Clemson game, there's no line that I've seen yet. I, I'm expecting this to be within. Uh, you know, five points, TJ. I, I don't know what you're thinking, but I, I'm thinking stuff like Clemson minus five and a half. At home? Yeah. You think the spread? Has it come out? Have you already seen it? It's and not that's why you're out. doing Okay, I was just not saying, like, Don't be trying to trick me on this. We're recording no, I, this at like noon, so those there, There's only like nine lines out right now. Um, I think it's Clemson like minus eight. I think they're going to give them a few more for being yeah. at home. But still, single digits is ridiculous to think about heading yeah. into the season. You know, week one, uh, yeah, we felt good after playing Notre Dame close, but Clemson had just played Georgia very close. And uh, maybe we should have known then that that offense wasn't going to be good, but that Georgia defense is really freaking good. So, it's yeah, there's some winnable games. Uh, you know, you look at everything on the everything left on the schedule is winnable. You know, I, I do think Florida's the least likely, and I would, you know, absolutely pick them if we had to play this weekend. But more games have to be played, and we'll see what happens after they take this out of Georgia. Yeah, you know, if I just, I asked Brendan this the other day, shout out to those guys at 247, but uh, I asked Brendan, if I would have told you that Florida State was going to beat Clemson but lose to Jacksonville State before the season started, like how crazy would you have thought I was? And he was like, dude, that that's just this year's uh, – this it's year's, college football um, this year. It's it's college it's, football. We definitely have 2007 vibes this year. It's wild. Um, better. I asked Allie this. Better chance of winning this weekend: Florida State against Clemson or Florida against UGA? Florida State, and it's not close. Yeah, she agreed with that. And, and the point spread will suggest it. I think. Yeah. That, so Georgia does. There's a line for Florida Georgia. Georgia 14, opened right? 14. I I could see that getting closer to 17 by uh, Saturday, but we'll see. You know, Anthony Richardson could be the X factor there if he gets the start. Um, but yeah, he, she agreed with that. She even said that she thought Clemson had a, we had a better chance of upsetting Clemson. I think that says more about Clemson than any other team yeah. in there. That's Again, four weeks ago, none of us would think that we'd all think Georgia or Florida by far. But yeah, when Florida was coming off the pound in their chest to you know only losing to Bama by two, like they were, yeah, they were high out of high on life. That's the biggest thing. Harlan mentioned this too. If you beat Clemson, 
You just got to find two more wins to go bowling. And I think if you beat Clemson, you're probably beating Boston College. I don't want to say yeah. anything's a sure win. They, they gave um, up 28 to UMass earlier this year. Yeah, so. I, I really <laughs> like that matchup for Florida State against Boston College. You know, not a sure thing. No. But even ESPN is favorable. favorable. Really? You know, they Well, not to where we're a favorite, but it's 55 to 45. I mean, it's okay. like, it's, and that's on the road. That's as close yeah. to a coin flip as you can get. And so I really like the matchup with, with them. They lost last to Louisville. Uh, was that yesterday? Was that yesterday's game? Yeah, 17 hours ago. Yeah. 28 to 14 in a game that they weren't super competitive in. Louisville kind of dominated throughout um, and had a two-score lead for most of the game. They play at Syracuse next week. Um, Syracuse, you know, Syracuse is up They're to capable. four and four, right? Yeah, yeah. Syracuse got a win against Virginia at Virginia Tech at Lane Stadium yeah. yesterday. You know, this Bomba. is how wild the SEC or the ACC is. Syracuse lost to us by three, and then lost to Wake by three, and then lost to Clemson by three. Three straight losses by a total of nine points against teams that were significantly better than them. Florida State's got a lot more athletes. Wake Forest is a really good team this year. Clemson, a lot more athletes, and Syracuse is dropping three point losses to teams. And it's better than people think. They play BC next. I think Syracuse ends up winning that game. ESPN says that Syracuse has a 57% chance to win that game. We keep going back to that because Richie hates it. But uh, <laughs> I like that Boston College matchup for Florida State. And then, so if you can beat Clemson, and I'm not saying that it's a sure thing, but if you can beat Clemson, sure. you're going to beat Boston College. That gets you to five wins. Yeah. And you just got to find one more win. And if they have beaten Clemson, I think they upset either Miami or, or North Carolina State. Both those games in Tallahassee. Like, you just got to find one win in dope. And I think they do it. Now, you lose to Clemson, you're chasing the A-ball because you basically have to upset NC State that next weekend or else I don't think you have a chance. And um, not that we couldn't upset NC State, but if you get your fourth win against NC State, you still have to win your next two uh, against Miami and Boston College. Very possible. Will be tough to do. Will be tough to go on that kind of streak. So, we'll see. I think the confidence from beating that Clemson team would be – just out of this world. More more likely to happen next week. The big three goes two and one or zero oh and three. Two and one or zero oh and three. Um, Florida, Florida and Miami both have uphill battles, Sam. Yeah, I mean, I think all I think well, we do three. as well, but yeah, not I not think, as much as the, I think zero oh and three. You know, Pittsburgh, Georgia, and Clemson are going to be favored, yeah. um, and all playing well. Not not Georgia because it's neutral, but and the other two playing at home. I like I like Pittsburgh. I mean, I think Pittsburgh and Clemson probably should win, right? I think if you asked who has the biggest chance of pulling the upset, it'd probably be Florida State. Uh, I think the lines will suggest that. Yeah, but I I like I think Florida State has the best chance to pull an upset. I mean, you know, Miami is also going up to freaking Pittsburgh at the end of October, and I don't, yeah. you know, I don't. It's not like doing that in December or November, but what's the weather in Pittsburgh right now? Uh, I'm sure it's not great. 57 degrees, right? And so cold, nasty, just the kind of weather that Pittsburgh wants. Next Sunday, it's going to be, or next Saturday, it's going to be a high of 56. So, you know, not like blistering cold, but I I like, uh, I think we have the best chance to win is is what I'm trying to say. Oh, wind coming off the river, but for sure. So, all right, a little bit around the horn uh, this weekend. Somebody asked us, and we'll talk a little bit about this on Thursday. I know Thursday's our preview show um, for Clemson. Somebody asked a little bit about 
um, how our softball team is doing. We did so much covering them um, when they were kind of in their run to the Women's College World Series. They're competing right now, and they're actually playing in about an hour. They play uh, university. Uh, they play Auburn University at Montgomery at 2 p.m. It's free admission, but if you're listening to this, it already happened, so sorry about that. Um, you can't get in. It's already over. Uh, but they played Northwest Florida State College a couple of days ago. Um, they played TCC uh, three or four days ago. They're just kind of competing in fall game. A lot of exhibitions right now. But if you follow them on Twitter, FSU underscore softball, which if you if you care about these updates, you probably are following them. They, besides football, one of the most followed accounts that Florida State has. Um, definitely go check out everything they've got going on. Uh, I tried to do some research on it. There haven't been like a, a lot of recap articles on these um, exhibitions and stuff, but I have a couple of messages out. And to that fan that asked for a softball update, I will get you a better one um, by Thursday. But a lot of our teams right now, baseball is doing some fall stuff. Uh, and then, you know, soccer and volleyball are obviously all competing. Uh, track and field's competing. Swimming and diving came back from Georgia Tech with a couple of wins this weekend. Obviously, Florida State uh, football won this weekend as well. So a good weekend for the Knowles. Check out doublefriesnoslaw.com. Tomorrow morning, we will have a full recap of everything that went on Florida State World. Uh, volleyball, volleyball is tipping off right now. They had a big win uh, just the other day. I think that was on Friday night. Uh, Coach Poole, who was on the podcast, um, was the first, I'm sorry, the fastest coach to ever get to 200 ACC wins um, after we beat Virginia Tech on Friday evening, um, swept them, and then soccer got a big uh, draw against UNC, came from behind and uh, got a big draw against UNC, number seven in the country on Thursday evening. Um that's kind of my around the horn. I don't know that I have too much else. We will be back on – we'll preview this. We'll be back on Tuesday night with a special edition episode. We won't say Thursday. who's on it or what's – no, you're doing something Tuesday. I don't want to give everything oh, that's away. Right. We'll be back on Tuesday night. Uh, I will be here. Hopefully Harlan can help Richie. If not, I'm going to have to teach him how to do this. But um, we've got a special edition basketball episode. Some folks have asked about that. So we will have a basketball episode for you on Tuesday night. We won't say who or what or what's going on with that. But tune in on Tuesday night for that, and then we we'll got Thursday. You got uh, yeah, and Thursday night, Florida State has their first exhibition game against Mississippi College. So I, I'm going to try and find a stream. But if you're in Tallahassee Thursday at seven, uh, definitely go check it out. They have uh, Mississippi College at the TLC Double C. Should be a, a lot of fun seeing a lot of newcomers this year. Season starts in just a couple of weeks, and then Thursday night we will also preview the Clemson game. That's going to be a fun one. We we just a year ago we. We're all happy when that game got canceled, so then we have to get our heads beat in. But, uh, you know, excited to see the line come out for that Clemson game. When you're watching this, the line will already be out. But uh, excited for uh, that one for sure. Excited to preview it. That Clemson, We may even do a live reaction show after that Clemson game if yeah. things go our way. So, anyway. All right, cool. you have any shout-outs or anything before we get out of here? Uh, not today, man. Just uh, ready to go. I got to get to Publix and then check out the Bucks at 425. Um. I don't know that I have any shout outs either. Yeah, I'll think of something for Thursday, maybe. We'll see. Uh, check us out on social media Double Fries, No Slaw, Double Fries Pod on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, wherever. And tune back in on Tuesday for a special edition basketball episode, Thursday for our Clemson preview. It's been a month since we've lost a game, and I am enjoying that. So hopefully we can keep that streak alive and get it to five weeks next week. 
Until we see you guys again, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for love. Go Knowles.